Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. We have got a lot to discuss. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the second half for the Islanders, or at least the post-All-Star break, post-CBA mandated bye week. Uh, Islanders resuming action Saturday. Don't forget on tomorrow's show, we'll have a full preview of that game as the Islanders, at least from a fan perspective, finally get back on the ice and take on the Vancouver Canucks at the Barclays Center. Now, we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. Based on the fact that the All-Star Game is traditionally the, you know, midpoint of the season, even though, as I've mentioned a few times, the uh, Islanders have played more than half their games, 49 out of 82 already down, but we're going to give the All-Star break slash mid-season awards out on this show to talk about the superlatives in the first half and what has to happen in the second half for the Islanders to come back. Plus, we have a big brawl-filled game uh, from this date in Islanders history that will surprise you, uh, a game between the Rangers and the Islanders at Madison Square Garden that was... Uh, Rather penalty-filled and rather exciting, so we'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later on in the show. Don't forget, if you want to join the show, uh, send us an email with a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to mention you on the air and talk about whatever it is that happens to be on your mind, and that's always a welcome thing. You could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, your host, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N Y R V S N Y I, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on all things going on in and around the New York Islanders. All right, let's break down a few things first here as we, uh, rapidly approach the end of this break and uh certainly i'm looking forward to seeing a little uh, islanders hockey again uh yeah it's been too long you go through a little bit of withdrawal i think you know the the, the real fans looking forward to that next game analyzing it and going through it and and then all of a sudden you know it's like wait where is it uh you take a look at the standings as of right now as the Islanders are getting set to resume play. And 
you know, it's important that the Islanders, you know, get back on track quickly. They did struggle the last, oh, I would say three or four uh, weeks before the All-Star break. But now it's time for this team to get back. Again, you look at the Metropolitan Division standings, Washington in first place, 73 points. Pittsburgh, 67 points. So they're six points behind Washington uh, with 50 games played. The Islanders, four points behind the Penguins, 63 points, but a game in hand on Pittsburgh. Uh, Columbus, one point behind the Islanders. Islanders with two games in hand. Carolina, two points behind the Islanders. The Islanders with one game in hand on them. And Philadelphia, three points behind the Islanders with, again, the Islanders having one game in hand. So that becomes important as we go forward. And look, it's going to be important for the Islanders to get off to a good start. Their first three games after the All-Star break are all home games against Western Conference teams. And they're not easy games. Uh, at least two of the three of them aren't. You host Vancouver Saturday afternoon. That's a big game. Monday evening, the Dallas Stars come to Brooklyn. And then Wednesday, the LA Kings. Now, the Kings are, are struggling. They're the only team out of those three that is not in playoff contention, realistically speaking. But based on how close the standings are, you get five out of six points in those three games if you're the New York Islanders, and you can easily find yourself back in the hunt for first place. However, if you get one or two points out of those six, you could find yourself in fifth place uh, in the division. And uh, you certainly don't want something like that to happen. Islanders right now in third place uh, behind Washington and Pittsburgh. And, you know, they could be in fifth or sixth place even if they really only get one point out of those possible six in these important games to come. And, you know, here's the other thing. When you're facing Western Conference teams, if the game goes to overtime, you don't have to worry about giving up that second point. You don't have to play conservatively in overtime against a Western Conference foe because the points will not come back to bite you. You know, if Vancouver or Los Angeles or Dallas picks up an extra point, that doesn't affect the Islanders in the standings at all. So you can go all in and try to get that bonus point in any game that goes to overtime or a shootout during the next three games. It is not a problem for the Islanders to be a little bit more aggressive in overtime. Now, after those three home games, the Islanders go on the road to Tampa and Washington. Uh, Those are the first five games after the All-Star break, and then uh, Philadelphia back home. So, ain't Ain't going to get any easier. I mean, for lack of a nicer way to put it, it just is not going to get any easier as we start off the second half. And uh, the Islanders, you know, that 17-game point streak seems like it was a long time ago, and they need to get on some kind of a roll. You know, they don't have to win five in a row or get points in 17 games in a row. But how about going like five, two, and two in the next nine? 
you know, pick up a lot of points, five, two, and three in the next 10, start banking some points because there really is not a lot of margin for error. All right, we're going to come back with the mid-season Islander Awards, plus we'll have this date in Islanders history and a lot more. Lots to get to today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. I am your host, Gil Martin. We're going to take the first half of the season awards and break it all down for you as far as the New York Islanders are concerned. Uh, As far as team MVP in the first half, I have to go with Matthew Barzal. He is leading the team in points, leading the team in assists. He represented the Islanders at the All-Star game once again. Yeah, he's giving the puck away a little bit too much, but this kid is so talented. He's got great speed, as we saw. He won the fastest skater competition at the All-Star Game skills competition over the weekend. Um, And the sky is the limit. He's still not yet in his prime right now. Uh, Runners-up, I go with Simeon Varlamov and Brock Nelson as the next two. But uh, to me, Matthew Barzal is by far uh, the MVP right now for the New York Islanders. As far as uh, the equivalent of the Norris Trophy, you know, the best defenseman overall, uh, I am going to stick with Adam Pellick for the first half. Now, obviously, he's not going to win it over the course of the whole season. But when you review what Adam Pellick has done, you know, the one goal, nine points in 38 games, yeah, okay, not great offensive numbers. He's a plus four you could talk all you want about the the hits and, you know, he had 81 hits and 83 block shots. All good numbers. He kills penalties. He also, however, was on the top pairing, led all Islanders defensemen in ice time over that 38-game period. And by far, Pellick was the most reliable player that the Islanders had on their blue line while he was healthy, and clearly, you could see over the last 11 games that the Islanders are missing Adam Pellick. His absence has really affected this team, and there's just no two ways around it. Look, the Islanders were first or second in goals against in the league before Pellick got hurt. Now they've slipped down to fourth, and In the 11 games the team has played since Pellick was injured, the Islanders are just 4, 5, and 2 in those 11 games. 4, 5, and 2 is simply not going to get it done for the New York Islanders. And, you know, they keep playing at that pace, and uh, they're not necessarily going to make the playoffs. They've got to do better than 4, 5, and 2. And here's the other thing. That means that they are 25-11-3 with Pellick in the lineup. There is a huge, huge difference. So to me, the uh, the Norris Trophy Award has got to go to Adam Pellick throughout the first half of the season. As far as uh, the top goaltender, Simeon Varlamov uh, edges out Tomas Grice. Varlamov 15-8. And four, he has two shutouts, a 2.59 goals against average, and a 9.15 save percentage. 
He has started 27 games, Grice 22, but I'll tell you something. I still think this team is in better shape when the coaching staff and Barry Trotz alternates these two goalies. It is difficult to watch, you know, first Varlamov got a little hotter than Grice. He played, then he looked tired, had a few bad games. Grice came back played the last couple of games before the All-Star break. I liked it when these two guys were alternating better. It would not surprise me to see Grice get the start on Saturday, although uh, no official announcement has been made yet. Biggest disappointment of the first half, got to stick with Jordan Eberle. Eberle, uh, you know, through 39 games, he's missed 10, 7 goals, 24 points, a minus 1 Seven of his 24 points have come on the power play. But look, half a season, 39 games, Eberle's on pace for what, 14 goal season, maybe a 15 goal season. You got to pay, you know, for a guy who's getting paid what Eberle is getting paid, the expectations are that he has more than 15 goals in in a season. And, you know, yeah, Eberly has gotten off to slow starts before, and he usually finishes the season strong, but he's going to have to do that, all things considered, uh, if he hopes to help this team in the second half. Uh, as far as the most versatile player award, got to go with Josh Bailey. Here is a player who has pretty much played on three different lines. He's played wing. He's played center. Wherever the team needs Josh Bailey, he has showed up. He is on the power play unit. He kills penalties. Um, He is just one of those selfless kind of players who does what the team asks him to do and, to me, gets that versatility award. If there's a runner-up, I would have to somehow go with Derek Brassard, who played both center and wing, but to me, Bailey has bounced around the lineup more. He's third on the team in scoring with 30 points, and to me, uh, selfless, versatile, and he gets that award. The glue award for the guy who kind of holds this team together, uh, I'm going to go with Casey Sezikis. Zeke missed seven games, Uh, played in 42, has 10 goals. He has a chance, if he finishes strong and stays healthy, to get to the 20-goal mark this season. Uh, It'll take a little work, but he's certainly capable of it. And Sezikis is sort of the heart and soul of this team in a lot of ways. Uh, Always hustling. You know, I remember that game against Nashville where the Islanders just got bombed out in the uh, second and third period. And, you know, Coach Trotz basically pointed out that in the final minutes of this game, trailing, I believe the score was 8-3, to three, there was Casey Sezikis out there aggressively being physical and, and giving his all on a penalty kill. So, uh, credit right there to Casey Sezikis. And to me, he and Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin, that fourth line, so to speak, really is sort of the glue that holds this team together. But if I had to give it a one guy, I would go with Casey Sezikis. Rookie of the year, you know, this is a tough one because there really aren't a lot of rookies getting a heck of a lot of ice time. 
by default, I'll go with Noah Dobson. 22 games, a goal, you know, his first in the NHL, five points, a plus two. And, you know, since uh, Pellick went down with the injury, seeing more ice time, uh, you know, mostly he's getting this award because there aren't too many rookies in this lineup. But certainly he has shown some potential and his development is going to be a key to the second half of this season, especially if the Islanders do not bring in another defenseman at the trade deadline. So we will keep an eye on that situation. Those are my awards for the first half. Please feel free to send us an email or or a tweet with your comments, or if you have a, a different player or different ideas for awards that you wanted to go with. So uh, please feel free to chime in. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to January 30th, 2002, Madison Square Garden Islanders invading the Big Apple to take on the Rangers in what was a crazy, fight-filled game that's just typical of the Rangers and Islanders when they get together. Uh, Islanders jumped out quickly. The goaltenders, Mike Richter for the Rangers, Chris Osgood, the Wizard of Oz, in between the pipes for the Islanders. And coming into this game... Alexi Yashin was had only one goal in his last 14 contests, so the Islanders captain struggling, and this was also that year, the last game before the All-Star break. Islanders break out quickly. 4.44 into the game, Yashin, his 21st of the year from Marius Tchaikovsky and Brad Isbister, and it's one to nothing in favor of the Islanders. The Rangers get into some penalty trouble. Radek Dvorak off for hooking at 7.55. And the Islanders cash in. Mark Parrish, his 23rd from Tchaikovsky and Adrian Acoin. And it's 2 to nothing Islanders. The Islanders' power play clicks again with Dave Karpa of the Rangers off for tripping. Yashin gets his second goal of the game, his 22nd of the year, from Roman Hammerlick and Adrian O'Coin, and at 16:11 it's three to nothing Islanders. And a minute 15 seconds later, Yashin completes the hat trick. He gets that hat trick in the first period. Tchaikovsky and Eric Cairns with the helpers, and that was all she wrote in this game for Mike Richter. After the first period, he is pulled, and Dan Blackburn comes into the Rangers' net. Islanders skate off after 20 minutes with a 4 to nothing lead. Now, Oleg Kavasha of the Islanders and Manny Malholtra of the Rangers each got roughing penalties in the first period. But in the second period, well, that's when things really started to heat up. There were no goals in the period. But at 8.54, Thomas Kluchek of the Rangers... Two for roughing, two for charging. Sandy McCarthy of the Rangers and Brad Isbister of the Islanders each get five for fighting. McCarthy also getting a game misconduct. And Marius Tchaikovsky, a two-minute unsportsmanlike penalty. 
all of that taking place. Now, in the uh, second period, Sandy McCarthy trying to challenge Eric Cairns. Cairns backing away. Islanders only had five healthy defensemen in this game. He did not want to come off the ice. He later said after the game, hey, we were up 4 nothing. We had five defensemen. I wasn't going to drop the gloves. And McCarthy later admitted after the game, hey, I wouldn't have done that if I were in his shoes either. But the fights were just getting started. At 11.03, Jim Cummings of the Islanders and Dale Puritan of the Rangers dropped the gloves. They each get five for fighting. Then, two minutes, three seconds later, Thomas Kluchek, five for fighting and a game misconduct. Chris Osgood, two minutes for leaving the crease. Alexi Yashin, five minutes for fighting. The only thing that kept him from a Gordie Howe hat trick, he did not get an assist in this game. Dan Blackburn also left his crease. Cairns got two for roughing, and Marius Tchaikovsky, a two-minute unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Theo Fleury, a two-minute unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and a 10-minute misconduct. For the Rangers, Dave Karpa, two for roughing. Thomas Kluchek, a two-minute instigator, and a 10-minute misconduct. All of those penalties coming at 13.06. After 40 minutes, Islanders still led by a score of 4 to nothing. In the third period, the Rangers tried to make it close. Manny Malhotra, his fifth goal of the year at 5.21 from Sylvain Lefebvre and Brian Berard, the ex-Islander. Uh, that made it 4-1. to one. Malhotra scored again at 7.06 from Berard. Malhotra's sixth of the year. And suddenly, it's a 4-2 to two hockey game. But the Islanders salted away. Mark Parrish, his second of the game, 24th of the year, from Sean Bates and Michael Pekka at 11.18. And then, with the Islanders shorthanded in this third period, Dave Scatchard off for cross-checking. Claude Lapointe with a shorthanded goal, his fifth from Jason Blake and Roman Hammerlick. Time of the goal, 17.09. Jeff Toms scored with two and a half minutes left, his seventh from Matthew Barnaby and Sylvain Lefebvre to close out the scoring. Islanders win it 6-3. More rough stuff in the final minute of this game. Uh, Oleg Kavasha of the Islanders, a 10-minute misconduct. Manny Malhotra, Four minutes for roughing a 10-minute misconduct. Dave Carpa, a 10-minute misconduct. For the Islanders, and this all came with 34 seconds left, Eric Cairns, two for roughing, uh, five, uh, excuse me, four for roughing and a 10-minute misconduct. Dale Puritan, two for roughing and a 10-minute misconduct. At the end of the day, Islanders come away with a 6-3 to three victory. Osgood with 31 saves to earn the win. The hat trick going to Alexi Yashin. He also led the team with five shots on goal. Mark Parrish scores twice. Tchaikovsky with three assists. Hammerlick and O'Coin with two helpers each. And the Islanders skate away with a 6-3 fight-filled win over the Rangers at the Garden on this date in Islanders history, January 30th. 2002. All right, we will be back tomorrow. We will preview Saturday afternoon's game against the Vancouver Canucks at the Barclays Center. We'll have the latest news and notes from around the Islanders as they get back to actually, you know, practicing and getting ready for Saturday's game. 
and we'll have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more. Again, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. It helps uh, other listeners find our podcast and helps grow the Locked On Islanders family, and we certainly do appreciate it. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.